Hello, this is Jim Clarkin. Welcome to my podcast. Today's podcast is a little unusual because I will not be reading the blog itself. I will instead be reading the first chapter from my novel Toxic Love. Chapter 1 The autumnal street was a washout. The sky unrelentingly dark. The Georgian facades drab the few pedestrians miserable. It was better to be inside, looking out at Dublin street life, than to be outside, scurrying, crab-like around puddles, thought Nova. Or maybe not. For a fleeting moment the young forensic accountant could see herself out there, barefoot, fighting the elements, running as quickly away from here as possible, dressed in nothing more substantial than a negligee. A nightmare scenario, sure, but facing the opposition she now confronted, the embarrassing barefoot marathon seemed like the easy option. A few raised eyebrows and the chance of pneumonia were all she faced out there. But here she was confronted by one of the partners in the law firm who had gone into prosecutor mode, where Nova Winterbourne had expected a celebratory clap on the back for her report, she was instead getting the third degree. Her report was meticulously detailed. The facts were undeniable, the findings abundantly clear. However, she was being interrogated as though she had screwed up, or was a hostile witness in a murder trial, or a captured spy who had a whole warehouse of beans ready to be spilled. Worse, she knew that the Inquisition had nothing to do with her work. The woman sitting on the opposite side of the desk did not care about the finances of a husband who falsely claimed to have no money, no job, and no prospects. She did not care about his deserted wife, or his children, or the fact that he wanted to freeload on his former spouse. She had no interest in the fraudulent claims of the husband. This war was between the two of them. It was a private war, and the cause? Dress codes. You claim, said Muriel, one of the two partners sitting in on the meeting, that the husband has five apartments, a commercial holding, and a live income stream. Muriel glared at Nova, whose insistence on wearing trouser suits to work went against Muriel's own unofficial dress code. She had explained this to the younger woman, who had almost laughed at the suggestion. Skirts were not for her, she told the older woman. For her, they were called school uniforms, drafts in sensitive places, and that awful shiver-inducing cold of January in Ireland. The mere thoughts of skirts made her shiver. On the day that she left school, she had promised herself that she would never wear one again, or at least until she had forgotten the feel of icy winds against bare flesh. Being less political than most, she had mistaken Muriel's style dictates for suggestions, not orders. Suggestions can always be ignored. I don't claim anything, replied Nova, looking at the other three lawyers gathered around the table. But you say in your report, countered Muriel, Sifting through her paperwork, they are not claims, replied Nova. They're facts. What you have in your hands are the facts. 
Muriel glared at Nova, who would normally let the proof speak for itself. She hated arguments, did her best to avoid them. But this was a big moment. It was her first divorce case. She normally investigated insurance claims or fraud. Though happily engaged herself to the most wonderful man in the world, she empathized with the deserted wife. She could imagine her shock at being abandoned by her husband. The fact that she had three children to bring up on her own, it mirrored Nova's story. Or at least her mother's, Nova being one of the deserted children. What made you suspect, asked the senior partner, a man in his late fifties, waving the report in his hand. The profile you gave me suggested a narcissist. You can't call him that, interrupted Muriel. The word was suggested. Nova's legs trembled under the table. But she continued after making eye contact with the client's solicitor. She was not sure what a narcissist was. Like most people, she had a rather vague idea that it was a bad thing to be. In what way it was bad, she could not say. For some reason, she imagined that, as a breed, they were all fat, middle-aged, and male, as that was where all the woes in the world seemed to stem from. However, she also knew from her training that they were worth keeping a very close eye on if you happened to be a forensic accountant, because, as she now explained, narcissists are more prone to fraud than most other personality types. Whatever drove you, it worked, replied the senior partner, a wide smile on his face as he scanned the report. Muriel frowned. There was no denying the young forensic accountant her temporary win on the battlefield. Her success was clear. It would only seem petty to continue this line of questioning. It would make Muriel look bad, and that was something she would never tolerate. However, she reminded herself, making a mental note of the incident, there would be other battles. Given time, she would win this war. Nova saw the older woman slump back in her chair. She was victorious for now. All thoughts of fleeing down the street in a wet negligee were forgotten. She wanted to stand and cheer. The sportswoman in her wanted to pump the air and scream a blood-curdling battle cry, as warriors of old might have done. But now was not the time for that. She would have to wait until the meeting had ended, before she managed a silent fist-pump. A few minutes later, her mobile rang quietly in the empty conference room. The caller ID produced a smile, and she snatched up the phone, urgently wanting to share her triumph with her fiancé. Ryan, I, she began, but was cut off by her boyfriend's soothing voice. Just wanted to see what Professor Bradshaw had to say. How typical, how caring, how kind, she thought, forgetting her triumph of a few minutes earlier. He knew she was worried about her doctor's appointment and wanted to show support. How typical of the man. However to get the time wrong. That's later, she explained. It's so hard for me, he told her, to watch what you're going through. There is nothing to be concerned about, she lightly chided at him. I'm not sick or ill. It's just a woman's issue at checkup. She crossed her fingers, hoping this were true. If only there was more I could do, his soothing voice replied. 
You phoned me eight times a day, Nova reassured him. No girl could ask for more support from her man, short of getting you to chew my food for me. Little did she realize that her doctor's appointment would cast a new perspective on all Ryan's phone calls, all his little acts of love. He had a secret that was as deep and dark as the ocean floor, and he would prove to be as dangerous as any monster from maritime mythology 